0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Travelling Introvert Career Conversations. I am very excited today to talk to the one and only David Schultz. <laughs> and um, David, say hi. Hello. Oh, I like that. It's just hello. Um, so, David, the question I ask everybody, always, the first question is, what does introversion mean to you?
1: Hi wanting needing desiring feeding off of that alone time you know just that to me that's it and almost also kind of coupled with it a fear of going out and having to deal with people in public
0: okay all right thank you for that because everyone everyone has roughly the same thing but normally the way they express it is so different so it's really nice to hear like, mm-hmm. those different ways of the exp- and you're like oh yes I feel that I feel like <laughs> so, oh totally that so can you tell me what you do and then followed up by that what are some misconceptions that people have about your role or industry
1: um so what I what I do it for a living right now I am and I well it's two parts. I have two titles. So I am a IT um, tech support for um, an insurance company here in the area. And I'm also what they call the practice development specialist. So it's kind of just like a corporate trainer. Um, It's all based off of the the, um, customer relationship management software that they use. And I'm supposed to be learning that inside out and backwards and being the resource and teaching it to everybody and things like that. I'm relatively new at the position so i'm still learning a lot about it and diving into it but um it's this where i'm working right now has been great so far
0: oh okay so what are some misconceptions people have
1: um i a lot of the misconceptions people have is like arrogance about people that are are, are introverted i've i've come across that um like, I'm ignoring you, being rude, things like that. Uh, yeah, things along those lines. Um, shy and quiet, which in a way, yes, but I, there's also ways, where, like, once I get to know somebody, feel comfortable around somebody, I don't shut up. So it, it's lots of things like that.
0: And within, like, the jobs that you've done, has that affected your jobs in any way? Um,
1: I, not necessarily my ability to do jobs. I, well, let me let me take that back a second to think about it more. It has because I'm not the. I'm working. I'm getting better at it. It's something I have to consciously do, but I would be the one person. I'm. I'm going to do it all myself. You put put me on a team. Nope, I'm going to do it all myself. I'll take it all. Do everything myself. It's just that those kind of interactions. You know, I use the excuse of I know what I'm doing. I I I I know this better. Use all those excuses, but it was trying to avoid the interaction with people. Super
0: interesting, and so. You said you're trying to get better at it. What made you want to change? Um,
1: one of the th- it, it's coupled along like you've probably heard. Of, I'm assuming interviewing a lot of people, and I'm sorry for making an assumption, but the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement that a lot of businesses have through that, I came across a book called um, Inclusify. And forgive me for not remembering to offer author, author's name. I think I want to say Stephanie Johnson, but I'm not hundred percent sure off the top of my head. But um she really hammered home the 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 idea of you know you don't want groups at work to be all of the same type of people, you want to have a diverse with lots of different people, lots of different backgrounds, lots of different everything, because instead of having all the same people, all the same ideas working on it, you want to have all these different types of people. Like I was saying, I don't know I'm repeating myself and I apologize for that, but they fill in the gaps. They, fill in, they go together like puzzle pieces and make a whole instead of everybody piling on top of each other because they're all the same type. So that, to me, realized, you know, I, I will be the first to tell somebody I don't know everything, but I I will do everything I can to learn it. But there's somebody there that does know something that I don't know. And I need to that helped me realize that and cement that in my head that, yes, I can reach out and ask that person for help because I don't know it. They know it. And it's OK and it's going to help get the job done and it's we're going to work together on things like that and a lot of it is a a real conscious effort to do it like i am of course being an introvert you're very introspective you think about things while you're doing them you you re relive things after the fact and you know i always like go back on on situation things about situations oh here I should have spoke up and asked this oh here I should have said this so I'm doing that and I'm like catching those cues now putting them in my internal toolbox of like okay now I can use those when the situation arrives to ask the person I need to ask whatever I need to ask them you know not not just be stubborn and do it all myself
0: that' Thank you for that. That is wonderful to hear. And so, as you've mentioned, that's something that you're trying to do. That's helping you. Is there anything? Else, is there anything else that you can think of that you do regularly that has improved your career over the years? Um. I, one
1: thing I I constantly do, and, and you know. Being where I'm at right now, before all of this, I was a teacher for 16 years in the classroom. You know, I love being up in front of the class and teaching and everything like that. And I remember a conversation at a previous position with the manager. Oh, you're so good with people and everything like that. And I'm like, no, I'm an introvert. Well, what do you mean? You get up in front of the, the group and you teach everything. said, so that's an act because it is. To me, it, it's a, I'm performing at that time and I love doing that performance. So that to me is another thing, but it, it wears on, on me. But anyways, um, I work on perfecting that. I, again, like I mentioned before, being the introvert, being introspective, I'm always, I'm recording what I'm doing for, for my own sake, but um for also for, the people that I'm teaching to use as a reference in the future, but I'm using that recording as what I did wrong and what I can do better. So that those kind of things, I'm always looking to improve myself that way.
0: Ooh. Okay, is this something that you always say no to? Um,
1: I try to say no as much as I can to going out to parties. <laughs> Why? I, I, what types
0: of parties is it all parties pretty much okay
1: yeah i can't remember like yeah family get-togethers i don't think count those don't count in it but just like social engagements work-related um i can say one thing that introversion has cost me is like to it's damaged a lot of relationships with friends and stuff like that but um yeah so i don't do that as much but Everything to me is either work related or through stuff with my my involving my children and I just I avoid it. I don't want to go out I don't I fear the interaction with people and if I I get with the interaction with people, it's so much effort that I'm so drained by the time that I I leave the event
0: that the cost benefit isn't worth it for you. Yeah hmm. So speaking of drainage and that that sounds like a surgical technical term um what kind of things do you do to recharge um
1: a lot of it is um watching getting to watch my shows and it's usually after everybody else in the house is asleep i get to go down and watch the shows that I want to watch um on, on my time and keep up with that. Like I'm a sci-fi nerd at, at the core. So I like keeping up with all the Marvel shows on Disney Plus and then the, the Star Wars shows and things along those lines, you know, that's that's what I try to keep up on. And I also like a I like a good true, true crime or true story documentary here and there. So I, I watch those also.
0: Mm. it's almost a full-time job trying to keep up with marvel and disney though at this point yes (laughs) okay so thinking about sort of the role you had from teacher to tech support i get the training and the teacher i see the the parallel there how did you jump from teaching to tech support
1: i love i love teaching as as we kind of said established already um But I was a music teacher and here, often on on the wrong side of budget cuts. Um, And also my love of teaching, I'm so laser focused on the students and what they need and what to do to improve them that I, for lack of a better term, I didn't really care so much about administration or parents and what they were doing and what they thought like I I knew I wanted them as partners but if they didn't see my view of how things were it was it was not the best relationship so my wife she said to me after one of the times getting um having my job cut because of budget cuts she said you know you're really good with IT also and I throughout my teaching career, being the geek nerd person that I am, I always like got to know the computer teacher, got to help with setting things up and doing all that stuff. So all that knowledge was there. And she says, You should go into IT. So I did. I got um my A plus certification in IT and was able to get a job on a help desk and move up through the company there with different it jobs and now i'm back doing it again along with the training
0: oh the a plus certification that that brought back some memories to me i was like oh yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of you listeners might not know what that is you need to google it yes (laughs) very much thing. (laughs) and so making that change how easy was that for you or was that scary like what Way I mean yes your wife suggested it but you had to make that final decision to like do something very different
1: yeah it it was it was scary because you know as teaching for the most part you know what you're going into every day You, you you know what classes you have you know what children you're going to see yeah somebody could be having a bad day and be extra fun to deal with and things along those lines, but in general, for the most part, you're knowing what you're going to deal with. Being on help desks to start, you get that phone call, that phone rings, and you have no idea what's coming on the other end of that line. You know, you have people that know text really well and can talk the, the same jargon that I talk, and then you have people that barely know how to turn on a computer itself. And you got to help them out. And then you have people that are frustrated and just start off the whole conversation, yelling and screaming at you. And throughout all of it, you have to to keep the good demeanor and, and be helpful and do what you can to diffuse the situation and calm them down. And the, the, that was, that was a big difference there too.
0: And so the question I have in the back of my head is how is it different for you dealing with people on the phone as opposed to going to parties and in person
1: i know the call's going to end soon yeah that, <laughs> i mean that that's that's the gist of it you know I, the call is only going to take five maybe ten minutes at most
0: all right so having that endpoint in sight makes it bear, bearable uh-huh oh that's really genius. Okay, thank you. And so with the teaching, are there any misconceptions people have about teachers and their role?
1: Oh, there's lots of misconceptions. My wife is a teacher also, so I'm still living with, with a lot of it today. Um, just a hard thing that how much teachers actually get paid as versus how much they're being asked to do. And like you hear the news stories about the gun violence in the schools and everything like that. And now teachers are being trained how to protect their kids in case of gun violence. And back when I, even my wife is a few years younger than me, back when we were in college and training for this, that wasn't even a thought. And now it's standard. So it's just things like that. A lot of things where, like, parents will dump off the kids and expect you to raise them. Th- those things make it difficult to be a teacher. And the other misconception, in the sense, we're, we're recording this, and the misconception is that, well, teachers get paid through, for, through the summer for doing nothing. That's a misconception. Teachers get paid from day one of the school year to day the last day of the school year. They choose to have that pay spread out through the summer so they could get continual paychecks. They're not getting paid for time that they're not working. They've just spread out their pay throughout the year so they can keep getting a constant paycheck rather than that. So once, since you asked me about misconceptions about teachers, I I wanted to put that one out there.
0: I would own. I would also guess that yes, there is the summer, but I'm sure there's the prep for the upcoming year that eats up some of that summer.
1: Yes, my my wife is constantly prepping. I want to say maybe two weeks after school ends, she's already starting to prep for the next year
0: yeah okay that's, mm. so,
1: that's and, yes and me being a music teacher back when I was a music teacher like having having the band program I was planning for the next year probably I went out like school ended in June I started planning I want to say April for the next year you know I got to get the marching band show ready I got to start planning for the concerts I got to Get auditions ready so the existing kids can find out what group they're going to be in next, you know, all that stuff. It, it was constant. It was cyclical, you know, just kept going, kept coming.
0: Yeah, never ending. All right. Um. Thank you so very much. I have really enjoyed talking to you today and hearing your viewpoints on a bunch of stuff. Can you tell the wonderful audience where they can find out more about you? Um. Or not? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's hard to say. One thing to look for. Um, my wife and I are starting the, this this help page. We want to call it online. We we have three great kids, but they're all considered the the, the terminology nowadays is neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. They all have different things going on. We have to. We've scoured the internet, and there's so many different areas where we've been able to find things to help us out. So we kind of want to take our experiences, group it along with all these things that we found everywhere else and just kind of put it in one place. So um, we're calling it, figuring it out on Furwood. So trying to get something along those lines. Um, eventually the the site's gonna be furwood5.com because that's what we call our, our family. So um, based on the street where we live, so we're, we're the Furwood Five. So we're gonna get that um, launched pretty soon. Um, so look for that. It's it's coming. It's in the works. So we'll get that taken care of, get that out there.
0: All right. Thank you. When you said forward five, I was thinking of the famous five by Ina Blyton. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so very much. Well, um, there you have it, audience. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your week. This is Janice at The Career Introvert, helping you build your brand and get hired. Have a great rest of your week.